Thank you very much, Daniel. Good morning, everybody. Happy Boxing Day. Or if you didn't know, it's actually also somewhat celebrated as uh, St. Stephen Day. What is the norm when a baby has a couple? You tell people and you announce it, right? I mean, nowadays with the social media, you can post your excitement about a baby coming all over. I mean, there's several different platforms. I won't even try and name them all. Um, But an expecting couple that are excited, they put posts out. They let people know that they're expecting, right? It starts off with a good news, we're expecting post, right? And then it goes to the baby bump pictures, right, that you see. That, that's, that's a thing on social media. And then there's the gender reveal, right? And everybody's got to try and outdo and come up with a new idea how to reveal uh, the gender. Uh, so many people are taking advantage of that technology uh, nowadays. And then after that, there's more baby bump you know, pictures and, you know, whatever else, until you get to the point where you see the post, the baby is born, it's a boy, it's a girl, you know, all the excitement, all all those pictures. And I remember years ago um, when uh, Esther and I, uh, when we had our four kids, we actually had to put the announcement in the newspaper, right? I mean, as, uh, as I heard somebody say, I'm so old, I'm older than the internet. And I think that's probably my case too. Is, um, but we didn't have advantage of putting it out like that. We, we put the announcement in the newspaper, and, and many of you were, will remember that, right? And you actually had to pay to put it in the paper. And if you wanted to add a picture, <clears throat> well, that's even more money, right? How times have changed on that. And, it, and I think... I didn't take time to, uh, I was going to take time and search because I'm sure uh, we have the birth announcements tucked away in photo albums somewhere. But I think we use a catchy phrase like, our hearts are full of joy, we just had a boy, right? And then when Alicia was born, our hearts are in a whirl, we just had a girl, right? You came up with those catchy phrases in, in the paper, and I don't think there was a lot of variety um, Another thing that many of you might remember is the, was the tradition, and I think it's kind of gone by the wayside, but um, proud fathers used to hand cigars out, right? They uh, used to, you know, buy, buy cigars. They were so proud that they, you know, had a baby boy or a baby girl, and they would hand them out to friends. And I remember I sort of did that. I actually bought chocolate cigars and handed them out to, uh, handed them out to my friends, wrapped in, in blue foil for, for Josh. I don't remember if I didn't did that for all the kids, but I do remember that definitely did that uh, when our first was born, uh, Joshua. Last Sunday, Brent looked at Luke 2, 1 through 20, right? The birth of Jesus, the Christmas story. And there's no greater birth announcement before or since the birth of Christ. I mean, think about it. Angels appeared in the sky. Well, one angel first and then a choir of angels, right? And then God put a special extra bright star in the sky. There's no other greater birth announcement than that. And then two days ago on Christmas Eve when I spoke, 
we looked at that again, right? All those incredible, amazing, weird and wonderful details in the Christmas story. If you stop, if you read slowly, and you stop and kind of actually think and wonder about how did that happen? Like that's, you know, uh, it's kind of wild and crazy some of, those, some of those details that we're told. And it is probable that there's more details that we don't know about because, you know, the writers could only write so much um, when they were writing this stuff down. They couldn't write all the events that happened. And so it might be cool someday to find out more details about the Christmas story and the announcement of the birth of Christ. Those details, right? I said about the angels. You know, not just the ones that appeared to the shepherd, but before that, right? There was angels appearing to Mary and Joseph and, and, and talking to them. And the whole fact that a virgin became pregnant and she remained a virgin you know, till after the birth, it's hard for our human minds to comprehend. And Mary and Joseph having to travel at just the right time, to just the right location, um, all these things are, are quite mind-boggling. And when you go a little past the Christmas story, right, eight days later, they take him to the, uh, Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the to the temple as as was the custom, and all of a sudden an old man walks up to them, takes the baby from their arms. Right? How, how many mothers give their baby to a stranger? None, right? But we have no reason to believe that they knew Simeon before this, because they weren't even from that area. And Simeon starts proclaiming about the greatness of Jesus and how he had been long awaiting the birth of their son. And then right after that, an elderly woman walks up to Mary and Joseph and Jesus and she starts thanking God that, there, that Jesus was born right there and starts talking to other people, telling other people, anybody who would listen basically, about this baby is the Messiah that they've been waiting for for so many years. It's really cool how many crazy, amazing stories are all wrapped around the birth of Jesus, our Christmas story. And there's one, well, there's many, but the one common theme that we find is when people are excited about something they go and tell others about it. When something significant happens and they're excited about it, you don't keep it to yourself. You go and you tell others. I mean, again, dial back. I mean, if you want to open up to the book of Luke uh, in chapter 1, in verses 39 and, and 40, Mary, and, and we don't know if Elizabeth was the first person she told or not, but we definitely know that for some reason, Mary went to Elizabeth and told her what had happened. And, it, and it's a great story. I mean, the, the baby inside of Elizabeth jumps for joy inside of her. And Mary breaks out uh, in, in song, right? Just 
what should have been an extremely stressful time for an unwed mother to be pregnant, especially in, in, in those days, became exciting time. In Matthew 1, verses 18 and 19, you can read about, sort of about, Mary having to tell Joseph, right? Can you imagine that conversation? I mean, you want to talk about stress. I mean, some would say that, you know, he could have put things in place where she may have been stoned and put to death for this type of thing. And can you imagine Mary telling her parents, Joseph telling his parents, you know, an angel spoke to me. Oh, okay, okay. You know, these were some weird, wonderful, and, and stressful times. Brent um, last week dove in to Luke 2, verses 18 and 16, which is how the angels told that group of shepherds out in the field about the birth. That multitude of angels appearing and singing and rejoicing. It was a, as I talked about on Christmas Eve, it was a come and see moment, right? The angels told them, come and see the birth of the Savior. Come and see him. And as I said before, the greatest birth announcement probably well, not probably. I'm going to say the greatest birth announcement ever that has happened on this earth. And then, if you look at Luke 2, verses 17 and 18, what do you read? You read the go and tell response, right? And let's read it here this morning. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They didn't even know Mary and Joseph, but they believed what the angels had said to them. And if they were God-fearing Jews, these shepherds, they would have been longing for the Messiah to come. It's what we do when we're excited. It's what we do around, you know, most births of most babies is we go and tell people, right? Proud parents, proud grandparents, proud aunts and uncles. We spread the word. It's not typical whether it's the birth of a child or other good news. It's not typical for us to keep it inside. We typically share it and tell others. And that's what this Christmas story is all about. It's what the time of Christmas is all about. We are still celebrating Christmas in 2021. And think about the greatness of that, that we're still celebrating the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ in these days. Christmas is about truly about telling people what God has done for us. And 
And it's as simple as this. What has God done for you? What has God done for me? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not die, should not perish, but will have everlasting life. Let's go back for a minute to, to Anna or Anna, however you want to pronounce it. Luke 2, verse 36. Let me just read it here. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, coming up to them at the very moment she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. She never left the temple. She was always there. She worshipped night and day. Her focus constantly was on giving thanks to God day in and day out. And we have recorded here that she was so excited about the baby Jesus. She spoke to anybody who would listen, anybody who was interested in salvation. No, I wish I could substitute my name uh, in verse 37. Not the widow part, but the worshiping night and day part. I wish I had that focus, that determination like Anna did. And how about in verse 38? She spoke about Jesus to everyone who would listen to her. Boy, I wish I had that motivation, that drive like her also. And I can keep working on that. I hope you have that desire to share the good news of Christ like Anna did. In 1936, Archbishop William Temple wrote, it is clear that the church only fulfills its function as the body of Christ if it is constantly thinking about how those who can be inside. The preoccupation of the church should be with those outside. And when he talks about the church, he's not talking about the church building, but about the body of Christ. It's not people's nature Right? We're born into a sinful nature. It's not our nature to seek out and to worship God. It's not a natural thing to be preoccupied like Anna was with worshiping God day and night. But if you're a Christian, that should be our preoccupation. That should be our daily focus. And I think that's definitely something that a lot of us here at Auburn constantly try to improve on and work on. And I appreciate that. I see that in the people who attend here and many of the people who attend here. Your love for Christ, 
your desire to share it with those around you in many, many ways. Let's kind of flip out of the Christmas story. Let's go ahead a little bit in Jesus' life. Turn with me to Mark 5. Thank you, Daniel, for reading that already for us. So I don't need to read it again, but a quick little recap here. So Jesus arrives on a boat, gets off a boat, gets onto this island, and immediately after he arrives, this insane crazy man comes you know, charging at him. The man's known to have superhuman strength. He's probably you know, screaming. He's you know, probably you know, dressed crazy. will have you know, scar marks all over him from the stones he's been cutting himself. They, the people there have tried to chain him down. He's broken the chains. Um, it would have been you know, quite a sight for the disciples to stand and kind of watch this whole, whole thing uh, happen. And yet Jesus was calm through it. And, he's, and they speak, right? And in the end, Jesus cast the demons out of this man. The legion of demons. It's talking about he had many demons in him. The Bible's full of these wild and awesome, crazy stories. It's why you should read the Bible every day. You'll just be amazed by these stories. Anyhow, the people who witnessed this whole thing take place, what did they do, right? The owners of the big, they ran back to their town and said, we got to tell you about this. We got to tell you what just happened. This is unbelievable, right? The insane man is no longer insane. He's no longer crazy. He's calm. And the pigs, like, like hard to comprehend and... But unfortunately, what was their response? The townspeople came back with them, right? And the townspeople said, go away from us, Jesus. We want no part of you. What a sad response. Let me just say at this point, we can too easily underestimate the power and the grip that Satan has on certain people's hearts and souls. He doesn't let go of people easily. But fortunately, God is more powerful. But people need to hear that message. They need to have that experience. They need to meet Jesus. They need to know about him. And in saying that also, because we have a sinful nature, we don't easily yield ourselves to Christ. And this is why, you know, just because you pray for a person's salvation once, it doesn't typically happen. It's a process. It's a work, the Spirit working in someone's life. I may have told this story before, but a uh, good friend of mine, Bruce Smith, who works with Hockey Ministries International. Uh, Bruce does many chapels with different hockey teams uh, out east. And this was years ago, and he told me that after he had a, a chapel with one of the hockey teams, one of the players came up to him afterwards. And he said, Bruce, you know what? 
I get it. I understand what you're talking about. You're talking about control. But you know what, Bruce? I'm not ready to give up control of my life. Back to the story. Verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. The man wanted to go with Jesus. He had, just, he had just met him. He had just transformed his life. He had just saved his life. So a good natural response, right? He wanted to go with Jesus. He wanted to be with him. But what did Jesus say? Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed. It's a pattern. You get the good news. You get life-changing news and you go and tell people. Go and tell people what the Lord has done. You don't need to have the gift of evangelism. You don't need to have a sermon all prepared. You don't need to know all the verses of the Romans road to lead somebody through step by step and be you know, eloquent and, and, and proper and and, and all those things. But what can we do? Well, I think one of the most powerful and first steps and, and repeat the step is to pray for somebody. Pray for those who you know who are far from God. And then interact with them. Develop that relationship. Do acts of love for them. And create those opportunities to share your story, what Christ has done for you in saving your life. The man went away and began to tell them how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. The Christmas story, Christ story, is an amazing story in so many ways and you know we've just been focusing you know on the birth of Christ for the most part right now to to tell the whole story of Christ coming and his life and his death is something that people need to know and it is amazing and probably more now today than years ago people know very very little about Jesus. And so, there's, so the stories of Jesus are fresh and new and will amaze them and impress them. If we don't go and tell others, who will? If I don't, if you don't, if this church doesn't, if the church at large doesn't, then who's going to? 
do me a favor. Just take a minute. Think of somebody that you have been or that you'd like to share the story of Jesus. The Bible story, but also your personal story with. Just take one minute, close your eyes, and just pray for that person. Before I came up here, we sang, go tell it on the mountains, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountains that Jesus Christ is born. On the 24th, we were invited to come and see. And like Simeon, a lot of us, if not all of us listening this morning, have gone up and went to Jesus. Now, we are asked to go and tell. As we head into 2022, may we have a renewed preoccupation with sharing the good news with those around us. Thank you. Daniel.